Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today we have someone who actually sells a lot, but he doesn't sell out. I met my buddy Ian Blair uh, through the world of uh, early stage startups uh, through a mutual friend here in Dallas. And uh, it's one of my favorite stories so far in my career and in, in my career in venture capital and really just in meeting people where it was truly one of the most serendipitous introductions I've had in my entire life, so much so to where I didn't even plan on participating in this. And then God had his hand in this, unlike uh, really any other deal I've been a part of. And it's turned into a great friendship. It's turned into an awesome partnership. It's turned into something that I've learned a lot from this guy, his team, his intention, his strategy, his precision, the way he leads his life. And uh, Ian is, to me, your classic example of someone that you invest in. You bet on the jockey, not the horse. And in this situation, the jockey and the horse are doing incredibly well. But most importantly, mm, they smell fantastic because Ian, what, is he, what he has done in the world of business is he has disrupted three, two, one. Ready for this? the laundry detergent business. You heard that right, folks. Ian is the brainchild behind Laundry Sauce, the world's next favorite fragrance, maybe not just for laundry uh, moving forward, but today we're going to hear his story, how he has coupled his passion for being an extreme sportsman to being an extreme business owner and doing that all in the space of being the owner of Laundry Sauce. So Ian, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting about laundry sauce. How, how was that intro? Did I nail it? That was great. So, so I gave a background on a little bit of uh, high level Ian, but maybe maybe share with us who you are. We, you're an Arizona guy that um, has really just kind of beat to his own drum since you were a, a young kid. But what what got us to where we are today? Yeah. So recently moved out to Arizona a little less than two years ago. California native. Spent my whole life growing up there. So I grew up in Silicon Valley as well as uh, Southern California, but growing up in Silicon Valley, I got to see the whole, you know, dot-com boom and um, kind of experience the world of like entrepreneurship and startups through my dad. So I think it's very much kind of like in my DNA because when I was like 12 years old, I was doing lemonade stands. I don't know, by high school, I was selling golf balls on eBay. Like I was always thinking about business ideas. And then... Um, when I got into college, you know, at 18, I was like, I need to start a business, right? I think it was two weeks into my freshman year. And then um, I always had kind of a natural curiosity for like web development and um, like marketing. So I first learned how to build websites. And then once I realized you could build a website, you could essentially build any business as long as the website looks legit enough. So um, I uh, started my first business, like real business when I was a junior in college. So this was when like the iPhone 4S had just come out, like Siri was brand new. Uh, apps were like the cool hot thing. So I, I built my first iPhone app and realized like how difficult and like time consuming it was to build. And, you know, my, my whole thought was like, how do I create a, uh, like a templated app that I could sell over and over to, to, to businesses, right? And I actually got linked up with another individual that had a similar business idea, and he knew about these uh, like white label app builders. So I started, uh, we started white labeling that system, and we actually sold apps to churches. So that's how I really like built my first business. We sold about two hundred churches. Um, what was the app and then, well, so the the business at the time was called Kaleo Apps, and um, yeah, we were just like white labeling another app development platform, selling apps. Then. Um, you know, eventually over time, like we had more people asking for like more robust functionality and we were just like really boxed in by the platform that we were using. Cause I mean, we didn't own the technology. So at that point, my dad was like, Hey, like if you want to turn this into a real business, like I'll cut you your first check so you can actually go build your own technology. 
Um, and then that's when, you know, really build fire, like now known as build fire, it kind of came along. So we launched like July of 2014, um, and we created just a much different model. So like with all these other like DIY app builders, you're just very much like locked into their ecosystem and the functionality that they can provide. So we created it so that, um, you can build on top of our platform. So there's really like no like kind of limiting factors. And, you know, since then we've built nearly like 15,000 apps. I have over 50 employees in that business. Um, and, you know, th throughout, you know, building that uh, business, like you get involved in a lot of entrepreneurial circles and like, really, I would say like kind of my core fascination has just been like making money on the internet. Right. And, you know, software business was kind of my first like experience doing that. And, but e-commerce has always been in the back of my mind. So I've had a, a bunch of friends make a ton of money in e-commerce and, you know, frankly, I just thought, uh, it seemed a lot simpler than software. <laughs> and so far, like with my experience, yes, like e-commerce is much easier than software. <laughs> I feel like it's going no, go ahead. Uh, Sorry. I, well, I feel like it's like going from like formula one to NASCAR, which is still really, really fast cars. And you're seeing, yeah. uh, and that's one of your passions, which we'll get to is, uh, driving fast, which I drive the speed limit yeah. in my uh, in my SUV, knowing that I'm protected. And then there's people like you that maybe have never even owned a helmet, where I was born and then immediately went into a helmet. So collectively, <laughs> we're we're normal. Um, so so you build a company, you build Kaleo, and you have employees at a really early age, which you know a lot of yeah. people. And keep, keep it on theme with this podcast and with this, this conversation is really inspiring. Whoever's watching this or listening to it, uh, to just make sure that they maintain you know, a sense of peace and, and they're grounded um, as they grow. But what was that like having real, real significant success really, really, really early on? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird being like, you know, 20, 22 years old and having people in their 50s working for you, you know. <laughs> um, but for, I mean, I think fortunately we had a good team. Like it's always a team effort. It wasn't like me just like, you know, leading and barking orders at people or anything like that. Like, um between myself, my CTO, my other co-founders, like we were able to, you know, it, it just felt like very natural and organic. And, um, you know, also when you show up and like, you know, my skill was like internet marketing, right? So like I had done a lot of the, you know, the website, the marketing, um, you know, brand positioning and a lot of that stuff. So like, I feel like I brought a lot of value to the business early on and like, you know, you can kind of prove your worth. I mean, because that's really like when you're 20 years old, like, I mean, you're just basically fresh out of high school in a way. <laughs> um, so, but I just never let it like get in my way. Like I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and build my own business and like, I wasn't, you know, going to let anything stop me. You grew up around it, right? You grew up around a family of entrepreneurs that yeah. were dreamers and extreme again, not just in the hobby perspective, but a very, you know, you're either all in or all out kind of family, which do you think that that sets you up differently than, than most that maybe don't have the background where the family's in the world of business and startups and, and figuring it yeah. out? I mean, a big part of it is like self-belief and like a big part of it is also like your identity, like how you view yourself. Right. So I, um, I guess maybe that the identity gap that I needed to bridge was maybe smaller than like what most people have to go through. Um, you know, but, you know, raising your, identity and you know what you think is possible is all a part of growth and like having to kind of reinvent that over time um so yeah i mean i, I think being a, like i don't know it's it's always interesting like when you see like you know famous or famous uh you know athletes that have kids like you know lebron james like his kid is absolutely killing it in basketball in high school right um 
you know, there's kind of like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, <laughs> um, you know, aspect of it. And um, yeah, but I mean, what's also interesting though is like my dad was way, really you definitely just compared yourself to LeBron James, and I respect that. You're you're the you're the king of laundry sauce. You might be. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, you, you were saying what? Um, well, I, you know, what's kind of interesting is like my dad was really like the only one that kind of broke out of like kind of the family like mold because like most people in my family were like small minded or, you know, just never really like had like that much success. And my dad grew up in like upstate New York, you know, basically middle of nowhere, like farm town. Right. And uh, eventually, you know, worked for Kodak for a bit up in Rochester and he, you know, saw what was happening out in Silicon Valley and, you know, wanted to go pursue that. So kind of like kind of big risk in a way, like up, up end your life, move across the country to go pursue like what's happening, you know, with all these computers and stuff and, uh, you know, worked for a couple of failed startups, but then ended up co-founding the company that created the world's first ethernet switch and sold it to Cisco, it was Cisco's third acquisition. Um, so, you know, that kind of whole thing of like believing in yourself. Um, cause my dad took like a second mortgage out on the house, <laughs> like to start this business and, um, you know, just going all in. So I think those tendencies are definitely, uh, like well represented in my personality. <laughs> you feel like there's, there's pressure on yourself or something like that to come from such a successful line of entrepreneurs and to have that pedigree. And then again, to get to kind of, the company that we met through, which, you know, has been super exciting yeah. to go and you, you, you find a way to make significant, you know, capital and, and have a successful company in technology. And all of a sudden here you are with your company called laundry sauce. What, what was it like where maybe your version of taking a second mortgage is going from what you could, which we still will continue to grow through your, your yeah. company, but what was that battle internally to go and actually, turn this really cra crazy idea that was kind of a crazy story, which I want you to share into a yeah. substantial business. Well, I feel like at this point in my life, I had done enough of like, take a vision and turn it into reality to where like, I just was quite confident in my abilities. So it wasn't like, oh, is this thing going to work or not? Like when I came up with the idea initially, I was just flying with my brother, we're flying to our lake house in upstate New York. And the idea came to me and I just searched for the domain and it was available for sale for 650 bucks. So like, I didn't want to wait till we took off and land to buy it. Like I just literally bought it immediately. Cause I'm like, this is just money. And then <laughs> sat on the idea for maybe a month or two. And then, um, I went on a run with, uh, the guy that I ultimately co-founded the business with. Cause he was like, oh, I want to start an e-commerce business. And like, yeah, I've always wanted to do one too. This would be my idea if I was to do one. And he absolutely loved it. So, um, you know, we just started putting one foot in front of the other. Like the first thing it's like, we went on like 99 designs to, you know, figure out a logo. Um, you know, you just start to like these little steps and then, you know, you just get more and more traction. And then, you know, you start to test the idea with people and, you know, people are resonating with it and so forth. But you, you go through like all these iteration cycles and we always had like a lot of momentum behind this. Um, and especially even when it came to like the financial results from, like, I feel like we had a tremendous amount of momentum, like pre-revenue and we like knew it was going to work. And then like, you know, fairly short after like actually launching, like we had some pretty like incredible growth. So like, it's just been a high momentum business and the momentum is like never slowed down. If anything, it's just gotten faster and faster and faster. That's what most would call a great problem. Uh, so back to yeah. the, to the origin of it. I think people will just be fascinated by this because again, 
it's laundry detergent and, and it's, a, yeah. it's a combination of a lot of things one of which really is marketing which is one of the reasons that i was so yeah. excited to you know, be a part of it but from what you told me one time this whole thing kind of originated through like a, a goofy meme or something right yeah yeah so laundry sauce like kind of the term kind of got codified as a you know viral meme back in i don't know maybe 2016 or so if you go to knowyourmeme.com you can see the origin of uh, laundry sauce. So my brother and I had jokingly called uh, laundry detergent laundry sauce. So that's kind of how it was like in my vernacular. And then like, I mean, really, I, I was targeted by an ad called speed sauce. And then I was like, Oh, I wonder if anyone's ever turned laundry sauce into a business. And then I kind of had like the general framework of what I wanted in an e commerce business where it's like a non discretionary consumer good, like high lifetime value consumable, like, you know, because I always would think back to my golf ball analogy. It's like, because I, you know, I sold them online at one point and, you know, you're always losing golf balls. Like in order to play the game, you have to buy them. And, you know, so it's just, there's continuity kind of baked into that product category. And then, so same thing with laundry, like laundry is like far more non-discretionary than golf balls, right? Like cutting off like your laundry expense is probably one of the last things you'd cut off in your life. So like that was really neat. And then, um, you know, I thought it'd be like fairly straightforward to manufacture at scale. Um, it was harder than I thought to actually make the product, but you know, once it's made, you know, you can go from, you know, a thousand boxes to a million boxes. Like there's enough manufacturing capacity in the U S to be able to make this stuff. Did you all, did you know how all this stuff worked before? Cause obviously the background and software is significantly different than an actual. Totally. That, okay. So <laughs> when I, cause I like, I knew how to build software and like initially that was a very much like a black box um you know when i entered that field so coming into this like it was very much a black box and we had no clue what we were doing so fortunately we used this uh service called z intro and they were able to link us up with a technical advisor so we just kind of said that we were looking for a technical advisor that had expertise in the laundry space and then we got linked up with our guy Kimball that worked at Unilever for a decade and has a PhD in analytical chemistry, knows everything about laundry. And, you know, it turns out he's like the coolest, like cultural fit. So he just really, you know, feels like, I mean, he's very, like, he's, are you Googling? How do you even find these people? Like, this is not something you can well, just snap your fingers and you get in front of these people. We found a service to where we could basically snap our fingers and get in front of them. So that's that service Z intro. I don't know how on earth we came across them. But um, yeah, they actually did a pretty good job. So we paid like, I don't know, maybe like a thousand bucks for like an initial consultation um, with him. And it was like worth every penny. Um, yeah. And then he just knew, you know, kind of like the, the, who the real manufacturers are in this space and, you know, how do we get like linked up with them? But it was from when we started meeting with him, it was like a year and a half to when we actually like made our first sale. So there's it's definitely like a, it was a longer development process, but I feel like we have like really good guidance all along the way. And then like when you're working with these contract manufacturers, like they have expertise in like all the products that they develop as well. So um, I feel like we were able to put together like a pretty solid team, but really like the magic of this business, it's not in the product. Like we have a great product, right? And we've created a unique product experience. Like no one has really taken like the level of fine fragrance that we have and put it in laundry. Cause usually it's like, what's the cheapest thing that we can put in here and still make it smell good where we're like basically unlimited budget. We want to make this fragrance smell as good as possible. Um, then obviously we've made it like great with the, you know, the packaging, but really where it brings everything alive is the brand, you know? Um, and like, that's kind of the, 
the core thing with any DTC e-commerce play. It's like, how can you apply brand to get outsized margins? Cause I knew when I wanted to start an e-commerce business, it wasn't just like some like unique widget, like a, kind of an extreme example is like take SpaceX. It just because of the functionality of their product, like you can basically make all the business happen, right? It's like, because we can send, you know, satellites to outer space. Like there's not that many other people that can do it. Just, it's not like they have to really invest in like brand um, in order to like garner business. We're in like a highly competitive market. Like brand is how you stand up out. Um, so I, I, like, I didn't want to, like, I wasn't like an, like an inventor, you know, how some people just always have those like crazy, like widget ideas or whatever. Um, that, that wasn't me. So it was just more like, how do we take an existing product category that everyone uses anyways, and um, just really leverage brand to like create a, a fun experience. Like it's you kind of think about brands like Manscaped or Dr. Squatch, um, you know, they're all generic product categories, but they've just built incredible brands. You know, if you think about Squatch, they're really like delivering like happiness in the shower. Like for most people standing in the shower, just like water running, you know, down their back or whatever. And they've figured out a way. Listening to like their favorite, like, you know, love, love song. They're just bawling, but Dr. Squatch (laughs) has made the shower fun again. Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to do that same thing with, uh, you know, basically the mundane task of having to do your laundry. And, and here you are and you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first had this idea and you started actually formulating it and going from buying the website for 600 and something bucks, yeah. spending a month going and kind of, you know, letting it metastasize inside your head and your heart. And you said, all right, I'm going to actually do this. Who, who was the first person you reached out to, to just kind of validate your headspace? <laughs> well, I talked to my dad quite a bit and I called him after and he's like, that is so dumb. <laughs> he's like, I will never give you a dollar to do that. <laughs> that was his yeah yeah he's he's put in a couple hundred grand um so but that was his initial like response and what was hilarious is when we did our launch party at my house um uh, you know i had maybe like 60 people over something and we showed our anchor video and whatnot and just we're kind of walking people through the genesis of the, of the idea and i made sure to tell that story in front of everyone that when I first told my dad about this, he thought it was just the worst idea ever. <laughs> and here, here you are. Yeah. So you go through this phase of growth and, and, and by the way, we're, this is in, uh, we're February of 2023 filming this, but when, yeah. did, when did laundry sauce first, when did it first come out where people could go and purchase it? Yeah, it was October 20th of, uh, 2021. So yeah, it's been what, like 15, 16 months or so being in business. And you remember your first sale? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty euphoric. You know, I remember I used to have like all the Shopify notifications turned on whenever we'd have a sale. You know, it was cool seeing maybe like $1,000 a day come through. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, now like if I wake up and don't see like, you know, several thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, it's like, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> the internet's broken. So so the, the process too, it's, it's fascinating from, I, I think the thing that, the presentation when I got it from LW, it was it, it was it's like the size of a, a box of Nikes and it's sexy and it was coincidentally handed to me. And then I went to lunch with my buddy and, and kind of, you know, kismet happened. But what was your process for even making the pre- presentation of laundry detergent? Yeah. Knowing that these boxes like the rose gold boxes, rose gold, they have an Indian yeah. patchouli that is this bright blue. It's an experience, right, where people actually get excited Maybe you're even going and reinventing the way people are healthy, where they want to go and have their clothes so dirty and smelly that laundry sauce makes them new again. But what, what was the discovery process for that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the way the product looks is going to be really key for making it sell on social media. And like, what's interesting is even today, like, as I explain the product to most people, like there's always a kind of like a question mark above their head when I'm explaining, oh, it's kind of like designer laundry detergent. And then you show them it and they're like, oh, I get it. It just like clicks. And generally, you know, the, the ads that have performed quite well for us, is just like opening with the product, like the product in a way sells itself. Um, and you know, it's just always been, if you like, I got to give a, a good amount of credit to my, my co-founder, Rob, like he has a great eye for product and, um, you know, it was actually his idea to do pods. And then we're like, okay, well, what if we put it in like a nice designer box, like with a magnetic flap? And then, you know, we start to like, oh, what if we explored like different colors, like metallic gold or metallic blue for, you know, uh, kind of just the, the textures and whatnot. So it's always just kind of been this like little iteration process. And when you have like kind of the right people in a group kind of challenging each other, the ideas seem to go from like mediocre to outstanding, you know, in a pretty short period of time, especially when you kind of have like an idea meritocracy, right? It's just always about the best idea winning rather than like, you know, ego driven where someone has to be right. It has to be their idea. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's all, it's still fascinating to listen. So, when, when you go through the different iterations of like uh, finding a scent and naming the scent, what does what that yeah. kind of ideation look like? Are you over here just thinking, how do we go make <laughs> this sound as fancy as possible where people are like Googling, what is patchouli? And then yeah. they get the box and it's like, oh, yes, patchouli, or it smells like home, or it smells like my grandma's house in Italy. What What's that yeah. process look like for finding the scents? Yeah, so I was uh, all, the designated nose for us. So I've been the one that's kind of given the final approval on all the fragrances that we've gone with. Um, but generally, it starts with inspiration from somewhere, right? So you're uh, like, I have a massive fragrance fragrance collection, um, and especially when we were like first developing our initial fragrances, Australian sandalwood and Siberian pine. Uh, like went to the department store, just picked up tons of like cologne and perfume samplers. And we're just trying to figure out like, okay, let's go down this direction or that direction. And the fragrance house that we were working with, it kind of sent them some samples and, you know, kind of gave them two distinct directions that we wanted to go down. And then, you know, they send back some samples and we go through, I don't know, five or six iterations of that. And like ultimately land on something that, um, you know, I think it's high because to get a fragrance to perform well in laundry versus like a fine fragrance are like totally different because the fine fragrance you're just spraying on yourself versus like on laundry, it has to go through a whole wash cycle. So there's like, you know, different types of fragrances that will do well in laundry versus um, other fragrances. So, um, you know, it's just yeah, kind of like, did you have any sense that you were excited about and they came back and it was terrible? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some that come back and you're just like, <laughs> hell is this <laughs> what, what, which one did you try that you were bummed that it didn't work out well it's just sometimes like where the um you know where the mods start uh to where they end you know you're just kind of i don't know some of them just smell like too generic for example like we can't have like we don't want something that just smells like soap you know or some generic like laundry fragrance like we really have to like we're we've held ourselves to such a high standard especially with the way we market it like if we're going to truly live up to the world's best smelling laundry detergent, like we have to make it so that when people pick up a pod and smell it, they're just like, wow, immediately. Um, it, but you know, it's just an iterative process and, you know, you get enough feedback from your friends and so forth to see which ones are winners. And, um, 
Yeah. And then in terms of like naming them, we'll just generally take some, like one of the, the main fragrances in there. Like we have one coming out uh, called Italian bergamot. So bergamot is like an, it's almost like a citrus, like orange. Um, and it, it's representative of the fragrance because it is like a citrusy woody, um, smelling fragrance. And it just sounds like bougie, you know, <laughs> like it sounds great. What is it so, Italian bergamot? Yeah. Italian bergamot. Yeah, it sounds like I'm not even allowed to go touch it because it's it's so fancy. Um, yeah. Do you have, like I know people that are in like the CPG space and like let's say clothing for example. This is my buddy's clothing company called Miz and yeah. and I I was an investor and I could spot them from a mile away and their collars have a little blue lining. Is it at yeah. a point where you're walking around the grocery store in Phoenix and you're like you can smell a customer? <laughs> not quite there. I mean, you got to be a little bit up up in their personal business to be able to know whether or not they're using laundry sauce. <laughs> Maybe, but, maybe that's uh, the next step is you become the butt of laundry. Yeah. Well, okay. I've had, I have had it where I, people have asked me what I I've done. And then I told them about laundry sauce and like, Oh, I've seen your ads. And uh, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a small world moment. I mean, the amount of people we reach on a monthly basis, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, we're reaching probably close to 10 million people a month uh, with our, with our ads. So Describe describe laundry sauce uh, in, in a few words. How would you go and describe it to someone who maybe is not familiar? What's the generally what's the like when, I, when I'm explaining the product? Um, it's designer laundry detergent. So we take you know designer level fragrances and put them in um, you know easy to use pods. I mean, so that's how I would typically describe the product. Um, and then you know usually you show them and it clicks pretty quickly. And then but what's really important is like what our brand is. Um, and you know kind of the brand values that we espouse right like best way to kind of sum it up is like um you know be sensational like we're gonna elevate your everyday essentials so you can rise above the ordinary and be extraordinary um so we're really here to like you know pump up your tires make you feel good about yourself deliver that you know bit of joy and happiness in your life for something that's traditionally quite mundane um yeah, there's nothing quite like just going into your laundry room and, you know, you open the box, you have like just this unbelievable like aroma, the, uh, you know, the designer packaging makes it feel like you're bought, you bought something from Louis Vuitton. So yeah, it's just, it's fun. Who would have thought at this, at this stage in your life, you are a broker for happiness, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny to think, and I'll tell you something, all y'all that are watching this laundry sauce, uh, one of the most impressive parts about it is the engagement with their customers and to go and see the people. And it's in large part because they have a great way of responding to them. But just to see the literal fans, it's a fan club yeah. for laundry detergent. And then the buildup for releasing a new fragrance and the people that are real humans that are yeah. like on pins and needles waiting for the. Oh, my God, I cannot wait to get it. I ordered my box. I subscribed and I'm going to yeah. go outside and roll in the mud just so I can go and play with it. it it's crazy. It, it just proves that if you've got something you believe in and you really go full board behind it, you're going to, you're going to find your audience, which you've done probably as well um, as anybody, but knowing you like I do relatively well, I know that you're not going to be the guy that just stops and you conquer the mountain of detergent. What, what's the next step for you in the laundry family? What would be something that you can share with us today? Yeah. I, so we're going to continue to extend the product roadmap and that's something that every D2C e-commerce brand should do. Like you ultimately have your hero product, which brings the most amount of customers in for us. That's our pods. And then you have kind of these um, tangential things that make a lot of sense, like dryer sheets, fabric softener, scent booster, you know, kind of these core laundry products. And then we're starting to expand out into other things 
a little bit further out, like candles uh, or fine fragrance. And, you know, when you think about like, why do you buy a candle or why do you buy, you know, perfume or cologne? It's because all about the scent. And really we're like a scent company and the delivery mechanism happens to be laundry for the most part. So uh, some of these things that these products where scent is the primary differentiator, like those are the ones that will typically go down. And yeah, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, how our customers receive um, those products. But pretty much every scent that we dropped or every new product has had like raving reviews. So um, it's it's just gone quite well for us, uh, fortunately. What's been the most fun part about the laundry sauce journey for you? By the way, in less than a year and a, in a year and a half, what's been the most exciting part? I think for me, uh, so I wanted to build this whole business around paid media. And I've just found like ads fascinating and then just like the the speed in which you can scale it um, just to be like very interesting. Cause like my last business I built mainly around like organic search and content marketing. Um, so I just, I just wanted ads that you could, you know, blast <laughs> to get millions and millions of views. Um, and that's to me has been like kind of the most exciting thing is just, it's really like a spreadsheet business. Cause like, you know, when you're doing financially modeling for like most businesses, like take for example, real estate, right? Uh, if you run a, a brokerage, like yourself, um, you have a bunch of agents that work for you. Um, you know, when you want to scale up that business, like adding 10 agents or 20 agents, isn't just as simple as like changing a number in a spreadsheet, right? Where if we want to 10X our sales, like for the most part, it's like going to Facebook and just 10X the budget, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, the, the it's amount of to hang up my real estate keys and get into the laundry detergent business. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, you don't get much more leverage, uh, other than like the way it's set up kind of with DTC e-commerce now. I mean, we literally have like two people in the Philippines that handle our customer support and the rest of us is just founders. So, I mean, and the amount of revenue that we're doing relative to the employees is just pretty bonkers. Are you, are you allowed to share any, like any high level revenue numbers just so people can put it in perspective? Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll just say we'll be, uh, well into the, um, the eight figures this year. So <laughs> your first year, how much did you sell your first year? Well, the very, so in, um, the very first year of, uh, like we launched like 2021, we did like 50 grand in sales for like those three months. Right. Then by January of 2022, we did like 170 grand. So we nearly like 10 X, we almost 10 X our sales going from like 20 K to like 170. Um, in one month. And then just from there, it's just been continually scaling it up to, you know, several hundred thousand, you know, months. So <laughs> a lot more than that. So, yeah. So let's say there's, there's somebody listening to this, that's a 20 year old college student or somebody my age, maybe our parents age, and, and you want to give them some real wisdom, some real advice, what would you tell them? Well, I think it's, it's going to be unique based off your skill set, right? Like not everyone is necessarily cut out to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone like has the risk appetite or the risk tolerance, you know, not everyone, you know, just to be frank, like not everyone like has what it takes, right? Um, it's, yeah. Depending on the level you want to succeed at. But if you truly want it, like you can learn most of the skills. Um, definitely one of the most important things to do is like surround yourself with people that you essentially want to be like. Right. When I moved, moved to San Diego, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago, um, I got, you know, really involved in a lot of entrepreneurial communities. And I saw guys like that were operating, you know, 10 million, $50 million businesses, some even hundred million dollar businesses. And, uh, you, you know, you see the way they think, what their mental models are, like the way they run their businesses. Um, 
you know, just kind of the way they operate their whole life. And it's a lot of it is like monkey see monkey do. So fortunately I was around a lot of people that had, you know, done quite well. And, um, it's just like much easier to succeed when you have like those influences. Like when I go to my lake house in upstate New York, it's like very rural. It's, you know, small town USA, you know, mainly people are like older or retired or, you know, no one's like, there's very few entrepreneurs there. So like, if you're going to live in an environment like that, most of these things are going to be like super foreign to you versus like, if you live in San Francisco and want to start a tech company, like the environment is there for you to succeed. Um, so I think I'm a big proponent of, uh, the environment that you surround yourself with and like, and who those people are, and it makes success a lot easier. Hmm. I'm going to ask you a loaded question that might make you uncomfortable, but I feel like we're good enough friends that you're going to allow me to do so. So may I ask it? Yeah, let's go. If Ian was a laundry detergent smell, what would be your laundry sauce smell? What would be your flavor? Yeah. Siberian pine. <laughs> so... No, no, I'm saying like we're creating a new one. Like there's oh, a, new, I... a new laundry sauce fragrance, it, fragrance and it is, it is the essence of Ian. And when we open it and we smell it, it's like, oh my God, it smells like Ian. What is your scent called? I told uh, you mine. When we, when we were figuring yeah. out our deal, I wanted to have one called Dollars and Cents. And then it Dollars. died right there at, at, at conversation. <laughs> but what is your smell? It would probably be something like extreme. <laughs> what, what, what would it just be called extreme? What, what's the smell? First of all, what does it smell like? And then secondly, what's the actual scent titled? Yeah, so something like smell would probably be more along the lines of like our Indonesian patchouli, like a like an ocean, like aqua water type of smell, uh, mainly because I've you know spent so many years surfing and you know at the lake and like I've just always been a big part of like water sports and I feel like those are generally like, it smells like salt water. <laughs> it smells like the ocean. Yeah, I think like tropical destination, you know. Um, so I think that would be like the actual scent, but then if we were like have to name it like with within my personality, like, yeah, I mean, my personality is like quite extreme because I think very big, right? Like I'm not here to play for like million dollar outcomes. I want to play for billion dollar outcomes. You know, like I've done hundreds and hundreds of skydives, you know, fast cars, snowboarding, you know, did motocross, <laughs> raced motocross back in the day. So like everything that you could do that's extreme, like I've generally done it. And like, I think that's just a very much like a representation of my personality. <laughs> What are you going to call it? Extreme dirt or Extreme. like, what, what, what's this called? Um, well, I mean, if we were to keep it in line with like the laundry sauce, uh, like naming convention, it would have to be like destination and then like fragrance. I mean, that's generally how we've done it. Um, so, I mean, I, I truly do love um, the Indonesian patchouli one because like I love like tropical destinations. Like if I had to travel anywhere, it's always like crystal clear, clear blue waters, like in Fiji. I mean, that's generally where the waves are good. Um, you know, it's peaceful, it's calm. I, like, I love it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that's probably like the closest one is a representation of my personality. The one that is my favorite scent that I actually based off of one of the colognes that I wore all the time is Siberian pine. Although it's our, um, it's, it's the the one that we sell the least of out of our fragrances. <laughs> until this episode airs, until this airs, yeah. this is going to be the catalyst. Uh, but truthfully, uh, I just believe it's because of, like the color of the box. I think that makes a big difference. <laughs> fair enough. For some reason, I kept going for your your sauce smell. It could be something like 
oceanfront testicles, like something that is just like this. It, it's just big and it's extreme and it, it just captures you. Um, maybe not testicles, but maybe like oceanfront elephant, like just big and beautiful. And, and it's, it's coming at you. Um, what's, it, what's the best advice you've ever received coming from a family of successful people and being surrounded by people of influence? What, what's the best advice you've ever gotten as a, as a business owner? As a business owner, um, so I had a business coach for several years, Dan Martell. He coaches a lot of like high-performing SaaS companies, and he recently wrote an entire book on it, but it's the whole principle of buying back your time. Um, time is the one currency that we have, truthfully. Like, you know, E equals MC squared, like time equals money. And uh, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in this loop or habit of like trying to take on everything themselves and not actually buying back their time. Um, so the more effectively you can buy back your time, essentially the more you can do in life. So there's a lot of ways I back, buy back my time, you know, outside of just business. Like I have a chef that comes three days a week and cooks all my meals. So I don't have to think about food. So like that cuts down on a tremendous amount of time. Like I never step foot in a grocery store. Like I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat unless I'm you know, going out to like a restaurant with friends or something. But like generally like food and nutrition is kind of on autopilot. I also have, you know, a housekeeper that comes and does all my laundry, cleans Ooh. my house, you know, does, you don't do your own laundry. The I'll laundry. do my, <laughs> that's, I, that's, I do that's my laundry cool. maybe like 10, 15% of the time, usually when I'm in a pinch, like, um, or if we get like a new fragrance, like I want to go do the laundry cause I get excited, but you know, generally like I have all those like, uh, monotonous things in my life on autopilot. You know, I, I have a team of people that come and like wash my cars. Like these are all things that I can do to essentially have, like, I can have a very, very productive day where I, you know, you know, have most of the things just done for me. <laughs> so, well, you know, you know, the best use of your time. I think that's really yeah. valuable insight for entrepreneurs and people in general. I didn't understand that until really our daughter was born where I thought I had to do everything. So that's what business owners did. And then th that yeah. time where I lived in the rare air, I'm like, this is the best use of my, like this is the best use of my time where historically this would have given me a panic attack. Cause I've talked to you for 45 minutes, which means I've missed emails, texts, and phone calls, yeah. but you know, you have that wisdom. So um, who, who would play you in a movie the, the movie of Ian Blair, would it be like, like peak Patrick Swayze from point break point break? Would it be like Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, who would play you in the movie? Bruce or oh, something. Okay, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Tom I mean, I, I, I was seeing, or I was watching one of the, um, behind the scenes of how they film like one of the latest mission impossibles where he like had to drive a motorcycle off a cliff and then like do a base jump. Uh, that was pretty cool. So he, you know, he went through and did like 500 skydives to get like his pro rating and then, you know, did some base jumps and so forth. And then sure enough, he's, you know, driving a motorcycle off a cliff and, you know, pulling his parachute. So, um, all things you do after you exit laundry sauce, which, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so what, what's the best way to support you? How do people find you online? How do we go buy ourselves, uh, the world's best smelling laundry detergent? Where, where do we find it? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram generally. Uh, Ian Blair forty four uh, involves uh, usually supercars, great experiences, and stuff like that. Um, and then laundrysauce dot com to uh, to level up your life and start smelling saucy. Look, look at that! Level up your life and start smelling saucy. If laundry sauce was a song, what would it be? Um, 
<laughs> there's some rap songs where they always rap about having the sauce. <laughs> um, there's a song by Jeezy uh, called Boss Tycoon, and he talks about being like dipped in sauce and uh, being a boss, and you know, it just makes me feel good. So <laughs> he was definitely referencing laundry sauce. So it, it all it all came full circle. Of um, course. Man, I'm, I'm proud to be your friend and, and I've learned a lot from you in, you know, the relative short amount of time that we've been able to have a relationship and watching you lead with such intention and precision. And you have a way that no matter what it is, and you've dealt with some real life stuff, even since I've seen you, you have a very calming presence, which is ironic based on what gives you kind of your flow, as my mentor would say, when you're just living in that moment, um, which which is really, really fun. And I would put everything I have on you being one of the most successful people I've ever come across and not just uh, with business, but with perspective. And I think that's a reason that you are going to go and influence people, whether it's on this podcast or in general. And so um, I'm excited that we could share a little bit about your story. And again, he said Ian Blair 44 on Instagram, laundrysauce.com, also laundry sauce on Instagram. But out of all the companies I've been able to participate in, it really is the most engaging audience ever, especially on Facebook. And it goes back to what he was saying, all because he chooses to go and focus on the customer acquisition. And imagine going and having a company where you can 10x your output to get 10x return. That's what he's done as well as anybody. So uh, any any parting words from you, uh, feel free. If not, we will get back to our day. No, those are incredibly kind words. I appreciate your friendship. It's been awesome. Uh knowing you and talking nearly every day. So, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. You got it, man. The, the, uh, the line of laundry, um, has shared his wisdom with you today. Ian Blair, congrats, buddy. Thanks for being a part of this. My name is Ian Blair, and this is how you sell without selling out. Roger's that.